Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is another great guest episode. Nicolene Eladad is a multifaceted, self-made millionaire and has grown her empire from the ground up. A mother of three children and the owner to seven different businesses. Nicolene strives to live her best life, full of energy and passion, doing everything she loves. Known as the Franchise Queen, Nicolene believes in expanding your business and wealth through multiplying what you already have and doing it in a simplified and fun way. Welcome to the podcast, Nicolene. So good to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Leslie. I'm super excited to be chatting to you today. So am I. So I'm going to ask you the only question I ever prepare for my guests, and that is, what is your money story? Well, it's a big question, Leslie. And a money story for me is I absolutely love money. I love the potential that money has to do so much good in our lives. And I've always said, you know, I'd rather have money and have problems than have the same problems without the money. <laughs> because um, we've been very blessed to come from my husband and I both from a background where we had money, we then we didn't have money. And so when we got married, we really started at the bottom. So we know that you can help so many more people. And, and today, we're really able to help our family, our friends, and through all of our businesses, we get to create safety for people. And I've noticed through the years that just being safe, feeling safe in your space, that you have a home, you have money to just pay the basic things like school fees and not even, we're not even talking about luxurious things, but just having those basic things as a, as a safety space in your heart, it makes us live more comfortably. It makes us sleep better at night. And that's why I believe that money doesn't have any power above us. It's the power that you give to money. So you can give, you know, two different people a million dollars and they'll do two different things with it and they'll either create more or they'll just spend it all but I think when people sometimes say money is negative or money is evil or there's things it's because they have money stories and my money story is I know that I'm the same person with it or without it because I know how much good I can do with my money so that's my money story just to kind of get us all started so as far as your money story is concerned, do you believe that money story was given to you by your parents or have you worked on your money story to have that confident relationship that you do now? 
No, I've definitely had to work on it. Um, my uh, my mom specifically comes from a background where she believes that it, it's very hard work to to earn your money, and we have to always work hard. Which I do believe slightly into it as well, and I think there's easier ways to to grow into that as well. But I also believed that you know from as a child that money can lead to negative things. And for me, I used to watch a lot of people, and I always saw that there's people that are nice when they have very little money, and then you get very nice people who have lots of money and I just always saw that it's almost like a choice because if they can have lots of money and be happy or you can not have money and still be happy then it is clearly a choice and I just decided for myself I wanted to live comfortably I remember nights where I could hear my mom cry because she was worried about money so inside of me I always thought I don't want that for myself or for my children. And even today, when we have lots of wealth, we still explain money very carefully to our children. We still make sure they pay for their own things if they want to buy an extra toy or something like that. But we want to make sure that they understand that there's more to life than money, but you have a choice on how you prefer to work with it and earn it and bring it into your life and what you want to do with it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's really important, you know, with children to make them aware that it's 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 vital to have the right relationship with money at mm-hmm. the youngest age possible. And I think with my children, that is what I've tried to get them to be really, really mindful about is having respect for money, having mm-hmm. respect for how you go about earning money and to think about how you want to grow that money as you get older. Do you find the same as well? I I fully agree. I fully agree. And I think it's so important for parents to teach their children about money. And if you are not confident yourself about money or you've had bad experiences but you also yourself want to be better I I strongly advise people to get advice from people who already have done the things that you want to do it doesn't have to be an accountant it doesn't have to be like a professional person but it could be someone in your world that has done the things that you've wanted to do with money you know we started with property investment years years ago and, and everybody was so surprised when we did that because we were still living with my mom and running a business from her garage but we saw that you know that other people are doing it. How did they get into property? We don't have a lot of money, but we did our research and we figured out there's a way how you can get in with a very small amount and the tenant can pay the mortgage every month through their rent. You know, and it was almost like it might sound like very simple to a lot of people, but to me at that point, that was mind blowing. And that's how we got into property. And today we have almost 15, you know, properties across the country. And and I think we, we started by seeing an opportunity and not saying no to it because we didn't have it up front, saying, well, how can we get it? Let's find out more. Let's educate ourselves more. And that's what I want to bring into my children. So my children are so small, but we do explain to them that you can have anything you want, but you have to work smartly to do it. And that's why when they don't want to go to school, sometimes I say to them, well, this is where the basic starts, because if you can't read and you can't write and you can't comprehend things and you can't think outside the box like your peers do, you will always be one step behind. And that's a choice. That is not because you were born with more brain cells than someone else. It is a choice of how I want to achieve more in my life. And I always say to my kids, you know, you're, you have an advantage already because you've got two parents who are very ambitious, who take on big risks, not financially, but with our life and our time. And I said, you should learn from us because you don't have to become an entrepreneur if you don't want one day, but you can learn about how we spend our money, how we invest our money, how we save money. You know, we, especially I'm sure, you know, Lazy, you know that even during COVID, there were people with loads of money who lost loads of money. 
because it's not the money that makes you good at money. You as a person needs to know how to deal with your money, how to make, like you said, your wealth grow more for you so that now where we're at a space in our life where our businesses run successfully without us, I believe that you can build an empire like that where your money works for you and you get to choose what your life then looks like. Yeah, yeah. There was so much that you said in there that really resonated with me because I think as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we can sometimes forget, you know, how fortunate we are to actually have the ability to make those choices. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, that I frequently say to my children is that, you know, when you are a young child, you have a blank canvas. And as you start getting older, and needing to take responsibility for doing your homework, turning up at different things on time, et cetera, et cetera. You're starting to fill in your blank canvas. You're starting mm-hmm. to add that color. And the, the shape and dimension of that picture is down to you. And to create that, that sense of responsibility that everything that they do is a choice. It's a decision that's going to lead to another choice. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for me, the life of an entrepreneur, you know, is very much a roller coaster one where you have to learn to manage the fear. And that fear can be lots of different things, can't it? It can be fear of money not coming in on time, fear of having to do things that might not go right, fear Mm -hmm. of doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. For some people, fear of what success can look like and will that change them, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think having that ability, exactly as you have said, everything is a choice. It's a decision Mm -hmm. that we make. And when we take that responsibility seriously and not give that responsibility to somebody else waiting for somebody else to make that decision for us mm-hmm. that's when we truly become empowered that's when we truly start to live our life on purpose towards our purpose yes. and i think everything that you said there reflected that now i know from the work that you do you know with your clients around helping them to set up their own business and franchise out their businesses is very very important to you mm. what made you want to start that business well, for me, it was, I, I have many, many, many different businesses, Leslie, as you know, but with the one that I'm very, very proud of, it's almost like having a favorite child. So I have a favorite <laughs> business and this is my little coffee shop. And, and and when we started expanding our business, it was always, there was things that were always easy that came to me, which I now, when I look back, understand fully that for some people, this is their biggest struggles, their biggest concerns, their bigger fears. Um, but when I figured out that I built a model of a business and I could share this with someone else and completely and utterly change the direction of their own life and their wealth and the success that they can build, I stepped into from becoming an entrepreneur to becoming almost like a an honored, like inspired person that I get to give this to someone, you know, like it, it was something I'd never experienced in my life before. And, and that's why when I teach my clients how they can franchise their own business, you can see how they step into that space because we never see ourselves as someone who has a successful business that can actually share it with other people 
people and turn them into successful entrepreneurs. We see ourselves as we sell the products and services that we have. We make lots of money or we try to. And, and then we just keep going on this hamster wheel. But a, a franchise is a different route. It's one new path that you can go on to expand your business. But this way, for me, it is like I get to share my products and services now with thousands of people across the country because I've expanded. I didn't have to. There was no need for me to do that. But that thought that I could now gift my business to someone and the skills and knowledge and the model that I've built for a woman, especially our first franchisee, this was a woman that has always wanted a coffee shop. It is her dream. She It's everything she wanted to do, but she didn't know how to start. She didn't have the confidence of even starting to figure out how to do this whole process. And when she fell in love with our brand, she knew that this would be her safe space. So when I encourage my clients, with franchising, it's all about stepping into that role that I've done something, I'm good at something, it works for me. And all I need to do is go find other men or women that wants the exact same thing like me. We don't all have to be the next McDonald's, we don't have to be the next Starbucks, but you can be a brand that creates that safety, that that formula, that business in a box model that actually suits loads of other people out there. And, and then the fun thing is, Daisy, we get to do it together. There's nothing worse. And and, and entrepreneurs know this, how lonely the journey can be. But when you've got multiple people after the same goal and dream, which is to grow this brand and just impact people, whether you're doing facials every day or you have a dog grooming business, you know, like you get to impact thousands of people now, especially in cities, Leslie, that I didn't even imagine seeing my brand today. And when you first, you after you first open your first franchise, it really just opens up so much possibilities for you. You step through all of those barriers where you thought, you know, I could never do this. Nobody would want to buy my business. I cannot make money from this or all those you know myths that is out there. And then you really step into the space where you're like, look at me, I've done this, you know, and then you get to share it more. So now today, when we sell a franchise, the money aspect is the last thing that we actually even look at. We just see this opportunity of empowering a new woman because it's mostly women that buy into our business. And also we look at the new six employees that will be hired to help her run this business. So we're impacting our communities and we're also helping our support. So it's just a growth chain, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see there how fired up and motivated <laughs> you are about that. And I think most of us don't start off thinking, I think, you know, I want to create impact. We started by thinking, I want to have a business. I want to create financial stability. I want to be able to create a financially independent life, et cetera, et cetera. But when we start to see the impact that we're having on our clients, yeah. that starts, at least for me, and I'm, I'm going to ask you that question now, is it the same for you? Once we see that impact that we have and the impact then that our clients go on to have on others, actually, as you've just said there, the money is a lovely byproduct, absolutely, yeah. but it's no longer the main driver. It's yeah. that impact and creating that ripple effect that becomes so important. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we have at the moment eight different businesses. And every time my family hears we open another one, I know already what they're thinking. <laughs> you know, there's like all these things that people would say, right? But it's exactly for that point, because it's not about the money anymore. It's about the challenge. What else am I able to create? How much more can I generate when it comes to how many people can I employ? What new niche and industry can I tap into to evolve it even more? Because also what happens, Lizzie, is when we stay 
step into a higher power of ourselves and I go into a new niche and I open a new business, I actually make my competitors work harder. I make people notice like, oh my goodness, we need to step up our game, which means I'm actually inspiring a lot of people to do better at what they're doing anyway. But for me, when it is, if I had to think if I always had to just have my one business, I get bored really quickly. It doesn't matter how much money I would make in it. I'm all about the thrill, the change that I'm doing, the impact that we get to make, the feedback we get to have from our clients and the and the, the change that you see in yourself. And if I feel like I've stepped into this new space and now I've evolved and my business is automated and it can run without me, I kind of lose my mojo. Like I'm like, no, 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 there's more to my life. And that's why I usually step into the next space. And it's never about the money because a business now, when I started, I know there's going to be issues. I know there's going to be hiring and firing. I know there's going to be struggles that we cannot even think about now that we have to go through, but it excites me because I've, I know that there's a way to figure it out. I just need to figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing that holds people back from either starting or growing their business is we want everything in a step-by-step plan before we start. And, and no business owner, even the billionaires out there had the step-by-step plan. They just had the next step. The one that says, let's start today, let's put it on paper. And then the next step would be, let's register the business or let's start looking for a client. It doesn't have to be the 10-step program all the time. It can just be, what is today's step? And when you do it like that, it's so much more fun. It is so much more exciting because then the fear of knowing, having to know all the things leaves the room. And even when we're starting business number nine, Leslie, can you believe it? At the end of the year, there are things that we're going to have to do that we've never done before. And I'll be honest, I'm petrified because how do you do something you've never done before? But I've got my people and I've got my brainstorming sessions and I've got the knowledge that I've gained all over the years that I can bring to the table. And that's another thing, Leslie, I think we underestimate ourselves very quickly. We forget that we have experience, you know, just as a mother, the way we multitask and how we can juggle 10 balls at the same time, this makes us good at things. So we can bring that knowledge and skill into a business and we need to allow ourselves the space to actually give ourselves this opportunity to see how good can we really be at something absolutely and hallelujah to that and I think I think as women in particular we do undervalue Mm -hmm. what we do the experience that we have what we have gone through how we can multitask how we have skill sets that we haven't fully utilized until we give them a go and actually if we sit back and give ourselves that 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 grace to appreciate where we are today and the the hurdles that we had to jump over and that you know that could be simple things like having three children at three different schools you know mm-hmm. just how you manage the complexity of getting all three children to school on time managing their homework ensuring their uniforms etc you know are ready for them get them to their play dates etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. that administrative ability very often we can just say yeah but i was just being a mum actually no yeah. you were being a really highly organized person and to be a business owner to be able to take that skill set and apply it to a business is something that you have to do on a regular basis but yeah. we do discount those skills how different is nicoline of today in what you are doing and the ambition that you have to Nicolene of 18. 
Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So two main things have changed. I've always been an ambitious person. So I think I've always been game to try things. I've always wanted to achieve great things in my life, but I never knew what that really meant. Um, But one thing that definitely changed is I used to be a very big extrovert. I used to be the one dancing on the tables, the one that would, you know, shine her light when she walked into a room where today I prefer being the introvert. I know now my place. I know I don't need the attention. I don't need to do certain things. I actually prefer being by myself, being with my home and my family. That's my happy place. Um, But it doesn't mean you're good or bad or either one of them. It's just how I've evolved where I think at certain times of our lives, we need to be a certain person to step into that path. And as our path changes and we discover more about ourselves and what is really important to us and what is it that we really want and what really matters, that changed for me. So today I really don't care what other people think about the success I've built or the next business that I'm going to start or you know what holiday I'm going on next because I'm trying to live more in the moment and I and I one thing I have definitely learned from other people is through their strategy strategies and their sadness and, and and even their greatnesses that they've achieved I've always looked at them and go how can I impact my life by using that things that they've talked about so that I don't have to go through the same mistake you know like I think time is such a valuable um entity that we have and we can't measure it and now I'm so blessed to be able to say that um, I value nothing more than the time that I have with my family and and it's even sometimes even though I love working I can work until two in the morning without any issues you know like my hubby will go to sleep and I'll still be working it's a choice that I make when I do those nights but I also have the choice of saying I'm not working today I get to just be present and do whatever makes me happy. And that's something that's changed because as a youngster, I used to worry about what other people would say. I used to worry about, am I giving everybody enough attention? You know, like messaging people or in those days, we didn't even have the cell phone as much, but you know, like just spending time with people, especially about my parents. There was a lot of things that had to happen. You know, it was almost like a cultural thing. We have to go every Sunday to this person's house. We have to be in this kind of group of friends. And now it's very different. I get to choose who I spend my time with. And I also choose those people very carefully because I know how they influence my mind. And one of the things I teach my clients is to be more protective of our minds, our hearts, and our souls because everything that happens around us impacts us. So like one thing I don't do is I don't listen to the radio at all. I listen to music. I listen to podcasts. But the radio for me is a very negative source of information. Um, In general, I think there's one good news article about something and then it's like 10 horrible things that's recently happened in the world and for me you know some people won't even hear what's happening but I believe in your subconscious that information is seen through and it puts anxiety into us and it makes us worry about useless things but for me now if I look back I've definitely stopped caring as much about what everybody else expects and also the told stories of what a woman is supposed to do with her life what we are supposed to do in our family and who should be earning money and you know how should we be doing things And even sometimes when my mom comes to us and she lives here on our property as well, she has her own cottage, she'll come into the house and be like, oh, no, but you should be doing this. And I go, no, I don't. (laughs) And then she'll just start laughing because she knows how I've evolved over the years. And I'd be like, no, you used to do it this way, but I get to choose to do it this way. And I think that's one thing that I'm very proud of myself is actually owning my voice, which is very hard for a lot of women to do. No, absolutely. And I think what you've so eloquently described there is you know, a real sense of confidence and developing your own sense of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something I talk about a lot, and this is what I coach my clients on, is, is really 
in order to have confidence with money, it actually starts with having confidence with yourself because so much self-confidence is required in order to have more money, to attract more money, to feel confident to invest and spend that Mm -hmm. money, that it's working on yourself is the real key to being able to say no, being able to say this is how I am doing it and Mm -hmm. stamping your own authority on the importance of you owning who you are and owning how you live your life, not giving power to other people. What created that shift for you where you didn't feel you had to be that extrovert to actually knowing now that you are at your happiest and most comfortable being at home with the family, designing that life by us, you know, for yourself. Yeah, I have to be honest. Like when you said that now, the first thing I came to, to mind was my husband. My husband is a very interesting person and he's the type of person, you know, Leslie, when someone gives you a gift, whether it's a box of chocolates or a bottle of wine when they come over to your house. I was, for example, raised that it's a special gift, so we must keep it for a special occasion. He was raised, this is the special occasion, so let's open it up right now and share it with the people who brought it. And it taught me such a different way of looking at things, right? Because I came from, I want to say almost like a scarcity mindset, like let's hoard things, let's keep it very special. I have a Chinese tea set that my great-great-grandmother has, and my mom is very sentimental about it, and I allow my 11-year-old daughter to play with it, which gives my mom almost heart attacks every time. But for me, is I'm not sentimental. But what I mean by that is it's, a, it's all those money stories that we've been told and and the way we were raised with money. And I respect people because my mom was raised one as eight children and there wasn't a lot of wealth, right? So she was raised to look at money differently. But my husband brought this whole new way of looking at money, appreciating money, allowing the money to work for you, being very smart with it. And that put me into a different path of who could I be when I start thinking like this? So for example, when I met my hubby, I was also hiding money in my in my cupboard. When I have money, I would also always put like some away in a pocket or in, a, in another handbag because when I find it, it would be like a surprise and it would be like I won the lottery, which would be really great. And he always was confused by that. But again, he respected from where I came from and he taught me how to have money, but in a way that it is always enough. to see it as plenty, that even today, when I come up with a new business idea, he will always support me, but he always also reminds me of what we have. And when I get to be in his space, he has really, Leslie, this very calm energy about, one, I can do anything I want. So that's a very true belief that he has. My husband is Israeli. And I think they're able to build anything from literally the dirt from the desert, Um, but they're able to look at it and go, I already have everything I have and and, and that I want in life. And if you're able to be grateful for what you already have, even when that's little, it does make you look at things differently. But today I get to be that I don't have to want more because the world tells me what to want more. I don't have to share if I don't need to share with certain people. I get to choose. And it always comes back to this choice. So I'm so glad that I've met him because he really, even if he was just a friend in my life, I know he would have impacted me this way because he looks at things very differently. So if we have money stories, and we all do, 
and you don't like your money story, you need to get out there where people have different money stories than you and start hanging out with them and listen to their stories and learn about how do they, you know, invest with their money? How do they even pay their bills in their home? You know, Leslie, what, this is a topic I know we can talk about for hours, but the way couples also manage their money in a, in a marriage is, is fascinating for me. From the very first day that Mavi and I met, um, we've always seen any money as our money. Yeah. There was never his money, my money, you're paying for lunch, I paid yesterday for dinner. Like there was never that. And I respect again each couple for their own because they come with their own stories. But because we've always had this joint um view on what money is and that together we get to share and grow and experience and also together we get to lose it and spend it and it changes how we want to project ourselves for the future and I think that's why I'm so grateful for him because he allows me to see that any amount is good and also the little parts are good and that's what I just love being in that space at the moment. Yeah absolutely and I, I do I do think it's really important to be able to have those open conversations you know around money with each mm -hmm. other and to be able to reflect on if you do have different views about money different money story how you can learn to merge those money stories into one that is supportive to both of you but to also let go of those parts that are just not serving you. They're going to mm -hmm. cause you to to fall out or act it out of alignment to mm -hmm. yourself and your relationship. And I think with our money story, it is really important to recognize it's just a story that we are telling ourselves. Sometimes we're telling ourselves that to to provide us with the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> around our behavior. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's to protect our behavior. But when we examine, is that story serving us? Just mm -hmm. like going into school at 18 and say, hey, I believe in Father Christmas. We know that's not going to be a good thing to do. So you do, as you go through life and you, you let go of Father Christmas and the tooth fairy, et cetera, et cetera. It's also important to examine what part of my money story belongs to my parents or belongs to a time in my life that is not relevant to where I am now. And I think exactly as you said there, being able to recognize that your husband's attitude and philosophy around money was much more helpful Mm -hmm. seeing him creating that evidence and also the fact you are so right surround yourself with people that are going to give you what you need in terms of that growth might be uncomfortable but actually to look at them as your inspiration rather yeah. than look at them and feel as though you're coming up as not being good enough don't allow those feelings to develop. Look at them for the inspiration. Do what they have done and mm -hmm. then see what benefits you can get from that. Yeah, no, I so agree with you. And, and this is something I believe in is that we we move through our life in different phases. And Leslie, there's times when you need to move out of the room that you're in, the people that you're currently with, and it's time for you to evolve and move into the next room. Because if you are always the smartest person, the one that knows everything, the one that's achieved the most in the room, you can never be inspired and learn to do more. So it's, it's, it's so much more exhilarating to be in a room of people that have done more. And it's not just wealth, it is experiences 
process. It's giving up on things. It's evolving, changing, you know, going through a challenge, you know, moving to a different country, all of these things and having those deep conversations with people shows you that if they could do that thing that was so scary for them, that I can do the thing that's really scary for me. And it's much easier, yes, if we can find someone that's exactly on the same path and doing the exact same thing that you're doing, but it's nice to be in a room that you get challenged all the time, you know, whether it's emotionally or mentally or even physically with cash, you know, it just allows you to dream. And this is something my husband and I have always done. We always have had friends that are far ahead of the journey than we have, whether it's been by age or physically by the success they've had, but we love that. But it's our attitude. You know, when my husband came, when we met, we both were so broke that we couldn't barely start a business. Like we started it from our garage. And yet we kept saying, if other people can do the same, then so can we, we just need to figure out the steps. And I think it's the attitude around it. And it is hard to stay positive, Leslie, when everything else around you is falling apart. But that's why you need to be in the right rooms, because those rooms help you to realize that it's normal. It's okay. Someone else has been through it. This is what we can do. And and, and, and one thing I said this in another podcast the other day, Leslie, like there's, there's a difference between being in a room where people just always comfort you compared to being in a room where people comfort you for five minutes and then say, okay, Let's do some work and let's fix this. And that's the rooms where I want to be in because there's action taking. It's nice to get support and people feel a little bit sorry for you. But then, you know, we need to take some action. We need to get the energy back into the room. We need to think of the next strategy or get the right support or take the right breaks that we need. But that happens when you're in a better room. Yeah. Oh, I do. And I love that idea because as you were talking then, I was kind of visualizing being at this fantastic party. And you know what it's like sometimes? You're at a party party and he gets stuck talking to a person and you're kind of like okay so how do I move on from here I'll be back in the moment I'm just going to pop to the toilet so I'm just going to refresh my glass and then you move into a room where there's more like-minded people so I'm going to remember that analogy of of the room and moving into the next room because I think that is a really really good analogy so what is next for Nicolene? Oh, the sky's the limit, Leslie. I just, I, for me right now, I am very big focused on staying more at home with the children. So I'm looking at all of our businesses, all eight of them. How can I automate them even more? How can I let go even more? Even though they run successfully without me, there's always room for improvement where I want to be able to evolve into the people that I've hired to help me run them. But it would probably be that um, in my coaching business specifically, I'm going into events a lot more. I want to host more events myself where I get to bring people together to get them into these rooms so that they can get inspired by the people that's ahead of them. And there will always be someone that's more evolved than you. And that's what I really want to show women is that we're able to do that. So that's my main focus for the next couple of months. And then, like I said, at the end of the year, we are opening business number nine, which is massive. It's a hub. So it will be replacing all of our suppliers that we're currently using for our franchise locations. So we have 32 locations. So it's a lot of pastry. It's a lot of donuts. It's a lot of food that we have to make. And like I said before, we don't know anything about it. And we're so excited about it because it, I get to play. I get to be involved in creating something from scratch. So I'm excited because I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm excited because I'm going to learn things. We're going to eat a lot of food. So I'm probably going to gain some weight, but I'm excited about all of that because I think life is so short, Leslie. I think we need to live in the moment. And as long as I can have my space where I get to choose that I don't want to work today and I get to be at home or I get to stay with my children at home when they're sick, all of these specialities is, is things that I've been able to create. And I remember 
remember every single day, there will be moments where I'm taken back to that day when we were in the garage, when we started our business, it was 40 degrees outside. It was so hot. We couldn't afford an air conditioning. You know, people would walk into our garage and I would be so embarrassed because this is our little business. But I remember sitting there thinking, I'm never going to be here again. So enjoy it, appreciate it, learn it, because you're going to evolve from it. And every day I see it to myself, even when I'm struggling with something in a, in a current business that we have, I always say to myself, but we're never going to be here again. We're always growing. We're always evolving. So actually take time to enjoy it. You know, like even when we get a big challenge or a big issue or a struggle, look at it and go, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this one because it's probably not going to happen again. And it just changes the attitude. So I'm very big on that. And I'm trying to focus my attitude also a lot about just how to just love life more while we're building our empires oh you know, I absolutely loved everything that you said there you know I'm never going to be here again so enjoy it and I think that is really really so empowering to be able to take maybe not the best moment in your life but to recognize it as a moment that's going to lead to another moment and a better moment and a better moment. So that was really, really, and it just demonstrates a level of your energy as well. I think that's what is, is always been really apparent whenever we've spoken is your, your level of energy and your love of life. So thank you very much for that, Nicolene. So how can people connect with you? Well, I'm Nicolene Alcadat Coaching on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm always open for a chat. I have a lot of free time, <laughs> so I can chat with people. But I really like to, to get into people's minds about opening that space of where can you go next? Like, what if you did this? And I love that, Lizzie, because it really, you can see on people's faces when we hop off a Zoom call, they're like, mm, now I can actually see myself in this next level. It's almost like I've given them permission to just dream. And I think that's where it all starts is with the dreaming. So people can connect with me. I'm on TikTok also as Nicolene Alphadat. I'm everywhere, YouTube. I've got my YouTube channel. And I'd love to just invite people to, to reach out if they feel that franchising is something that they might want to explore or just even talk about. They can even go look at my business. You know, we were able to grow really successfully over five years. And we probably could have had a hundred stores by now if I really wanted to push it that way. But the model is all about doing it at your own pace, choosing who you want to buy and sell to. And, and, and that is just what I love about what I've created. So I want to invite anybody who just wants to be more in that space and learn how to evolve and really grow their wealth in a different way and share their business so that they can join my Facebook group is also called the Franchise Society. Um, and what we do in there is we just talk about franchising all the time. Oh, just amazing. So all those details will be in the show notes so people can easily reach out to you. Thank you very much for your time today. I have found it really motivating, really energizing. And I do just love your energy and everything you're about, Nicolene. So grateful that we've met you, that we've met each other. And thank you for your time on the podcast today. Thank you, Leslie. It was awesome. I look forward to connecting with you again. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time. 
which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.